trying to get ready to preach this three or four days. Actually, I had this message on my heart when I preached Wednesday night, but I had it on my heart too. And so uh, I'm about three or four or five sermons behind, and uh, I can't get caught up. I pray that the Lord will help us. I love preaching the Word of God, and I challenge you. I like preaching. Amen. And I think it is what got me under conviction. I know it is. And that's where I got saved from the preaching of the Word of God. And if you got saved, you did too. You might not have been preaching at the time you got saved, but you had heard some that got your attention. Amen. We're going to turn today to Ezekiel chapter number 22, 22nd chapter of the book of Ezekiel. Now, this is a message that God has sent through Ezekiel to the people of God, the Jew. But it's a very good application to you and I in our land in which we live. We are living in the latter times. We're living in the darkest hours that I believe I've ever lived in. I've never seen a darker hour overshadowing the church than right now. Now, some people think it's the best there ever was. They've shouted and all oh, they're carrying on with their big churches and doing what they're doing. But they're not getting down to the face values and the face facts of what God has said in the Word of God. And I challenge you this morning to see this. And I don't ask you to stand because I'm probably going to comment too much as I go down these verses. But I want to read to you this morning out of the Word of God in Ezekiel chapter 22, and we'll start reading in verse number 23. Ezekiel twenty-two twenty-three says, And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, and we need that word of the Lord to come to us. Son of man, that's what the title was given to Ezekiel, later we know to the Lord Jesus Christ in the New Testament but this is a phrase to the Son of Man, Ezekiel. Say unto her, the her here is Israel. Thou art the land that is not cleansed. You see that? Not cleansed. Nor rained upon in the day of indignation. Now the indignation is the day of the wrath of God. And we'll, we won't be talking too much about that. I just want to show you where we are. In verse number 25, it said, There is a conspiracy. We'll talk about that in a minute. Of her prophets. Notice the word prophets. In the midst thereof, like a roaring lion. Have you ever heard of the roaring lion? Amen. The devil is a roaring lion, seeketh whom he what? May devour. Ravening the prey, they have devoured souls. They have taken the treasure and precious things. They have made her many widows in the midst thereof. Her priest, that's the second one. You've got your prophets in verse number 25. And the priest in verse number 26. Her priest have violated my law and have profaned mine holy things. They have put no difference between the holy and profane. 
neither have they showed difference between the unclean and the un, uh, between uh, the unclean and the clean, and have hid their eyes from my Sabbaths, and I am profaned among them. Verse number twenty-seven. You have the priest. If he said her pre or uh, her princes, excuse me, have the princes in he, in the midst thereof are like what wolves. And what does wolves do? Ravening the prey to shed blood and to destroy souls to get dishonest gain. Verse 28, And her prophets have daubed them with untempered mortar, seeing vanity and divining lies unto them, saying, Thus saith the Lord God when the Lord hath not spoken. That's what the prophets are doing, which we dealt with in verse 25. Verse 29, here's the fourth class. The people, he said, of the land have used oppression and exercised robbery and have vexed the poor and needy. Yea, they have oppressed the stranger wrongfully. And I sought for a man. And I sought for a man. You see it? And I sought for a man. Among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it. But here's what God said. I found none. I believe God's doing that in America. He's looking for somebody to stand in the gap and make up the hedge. Verse number 31. Therefore have I poured out mine. There's this word again. Indignation. The wrath of God. God says I'm going to do this. Because of what they've done. And he said upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way. Have I recompensed. Uh, I recompensed upon their heads. Saith the Lord God. Now let's pray. Father give us divine wisdom. We need your touch. Lord give us. Uh, Lord the hand of God on our mouth. Upon our mind. Upon our body. We'll give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. We'll thank you for what you're doing and accomplishing. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Now looking with me, four groups of people. The prophet, the priest, the princess, and the people. Alliterated outline right there. Amen. God dealing with them as we look at this this morning. As I read this, I've read it several times in the last couple of weeks. And this shows me where we are in America. Uh, you can see every bit of this. We're going to look at it to a certain degree. There's no way I can preach all this. No way. This would take a thick book if you wrote a book on it. But looking with me as we see it this morning. Let's talk about number one, the prophets. Can I give you this? The prophets are the spokesmen. The prophets in the Old Testament were typical of the preachers in the New Testament. They're the foretellers of the ones that tell forth what God has already said and predict what God is going to do. Secondly, we find the priest. In the Old Testament, the priest was the go-between. He's the one that went before God. He was the one that ministered to God for you and me. 
The Bible says in the New Testament we are kings and priests. But the priest, in a sense, does the same thing. He's bearing your soul to the Heavenly Father. We'll get into the business of priest and different things. But he's the mediator. Now in the New Testament, we've got a great high mediator. Amen. The man, Christ Jesus. And then we find the princes. Princes are people of royalty. They're usually king's sons. Uh, they're heir to the throne. And we are priests and princes of the heavenly father through Christ. If you will with me tonight, today. Uh, there are rulers and overlords and bosses and leaders, if you will. They're the ones that try to lead people in the right direction. And then the people, that's the common people. The people are those, uh, in this case here, in the congregation of the Lord. So everybody is involved in this. I look at these things and it troubles my soul. I heard on the news this week, we'll take the prophets for a minute. Let's look at the preachers. I'll tell you our problem today in most of our places of worship and churches and our land is in the pulpit. Uh, we don't have preachers that will preach anymore. They'll give a few little essays. They'll sugarcoat a few things. But they won't preach. They won't rear back and let it go. I was coming down the road and the radio said that there was 50%. I don't know where they get these statistics. But 50% of the men of God are the 50% of the preachers. And I suppose this is over all the denominations. Are watching pornography on a weekly basis. 50%. It's the same thing. They also say it's the same broadcast they said that women were putting more money in pornography than men were. That was a shock. Are you hearing me? I'm telling you right now on a regular basis. And I began to look at it. I was sitting in a restaurant this week. And I felt sorry for this young preacher about 40 something years old. I hadn't seen him in a while. We were talking. And he said, Brother Dennis, he said, uh, uh, have you had COVID? And I said, yeah, I got COVID back when it first come out. And he said, I did too. But he said, later I took the shot. But he said, I wish I never took the shot. He said, I can't remember a thing. He said, I get in the pulpit and I can't remember nothing. He said, preacher, I'm going to have to give up my church. He's in this county. He said, I'm going to have to give up my church. Because he said, I can't remember a thing. I said, I can't either. But it's not from the COVID. Don't think it's from old age. Amen. Are you with me? Uh, I was sitting and talking and it broke my heart. And then I began to think on things. I began to think on some things. What I've seen in my 50 something years of preaching. I have seen preachers that pastored churches and they'd drink a little while and then they'd quit and preach a little while. Amen. And then they go back to drinking and quit preaching. And they go back to drinking. I mean, go back to preaching and quit drinking. I've seen that. No doubt we've got it today in our churches across America. I've seen preachers 
uh, do the same. I've seen them cuss a while, preach a while. Have you ever seen preachers that cussed? I've seen them. I've heard them. Don't die on me now. Maybe I'm getting. Maybe you're not a preacher, but maybe you cuss. I'm telling you, I believe you ought to have a clean mouth for God. Amen. Amen. God took that away from me. Hallelujah. I'm glad He did. Cleaned out my mouth and I didn't have to eat soap. Amen. Cleaned my heart out. All right. I've seen preachers fornicate and commit adultery for a while and then preach a while. I followed one preacher in one church over in South Carolina. And guess what? He had had an affair with the secretary of the church. Amen. And I didn't know that when I went there. And they told me, said, he had an affair with the secretary. And said, we asked him to leave. We're going to ask him to leave. The chairman board of deacons is supposed to do it. And he said, why? He preaches the word. And that qualifies you, I guess, to stay in. Now, hang on. Some of you look like you're in a daze and, amen, trying to figure out how to get out of the pasture, how to make an exit stage left and go home. But I come up here to do a job, and that's preach. I, didn't get, I don't have the Sears and Roebuck catalog. I'm not preaching out of the songs, the songs, I mean, out of the songbook. I've got my Bible right here in front of me. And I've seen this happen over and over and over. I've heard in the last 50 years of preachers that were pastoring churches that have been taken out of the pulpit and arrested and put in jail for molesting children. It's going on constantly. And most of them with their own children or their own grandchildren. Brother, that's terrible. Be in a pulpit. Are you with me? I've seen it over and over and over. I've seen preachers preach against, uh, you know, gambling and then go buy lottery tickets. A double standard. Amen. Have anybody here ever caught me scratching off? I guess you scratch them off. I don't know what to do with it. Scratch off a lottery ticket. If you have, you're blind. I've never even bought one. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know what to do. I try to stay away from them places that sell them. You say, "Why are you scared of?" No, I'm afraid somebody going to go out and drive by don't like me and say they saw me buy one. They'll lie on you. Amen. I look at these things. I hear them get up in the pulpit and preach on wearing modest apparel. And then catch him out in the public with shorts on. Amen. What in the world is going on from our pulpits? Are you with me? Just a few days ago, I got a phone call from somebody and said, Pray for our preacher in their church. Or they knew that was next to the church where they was uh, going to church. And said, The pastor called, uh, and you found uh, some man running around with his wife. Got up on, I believe it was a Sunday morning or at least another morning and went to where that fellow was and shot him dead. And now he's in jail, prison, fixing to go to prison. Now the preacher, you said, he didn't do nothing. Yeah, he just taking care of business. But 
That's not legal anymore. Amen. Hey, I get to look into this. Somebody said, well, if you find somebody caught in the very act of adultery, you're supposed to take them out and stone them. That's what the Old Testament said. But you know what they'll do? They'll make merchandise of one of them won't get both of them. This is bad for one as it is the other. All right, I'm telling you. I hear these preachers, uh, they mealy mouth stand up in the pulpit and they won't preach. You know what, having a dog that won't uh, watch is like having a preacher that won't preach. Amen. You get your dog, you know what he's supposed to do? He's supposed to watch for boogers. And the booger comes up, he's supposed to bark. About the only ones I, if I was ever going to get one of them, I'd get me a chihuahua. They'll bark at everything. I mean, a gnat can fall down off a limb on the outside and he'll bark. Nothing. I, if it wiggles, he barks. Ain't, anybody got a chihuahua? Amen. You don't have a watchdog. Amen. But you with me? You said, preacher ought to be like, yeah, I preached everything that wiggles. You better be still. I believe it this morning. I'm looking at this. I'm talking about verse 25. There is a conspiracy of her prophets. We got conspiracy. You know what a conspiracy is? Conspiracy is a plot, it's a scheme, it's a plan. It's a trick. It's something being conniving. And most of the preachers stepping in our pulpit, I said the most of them. I said the most of them. You go tell them. I've said for years when, when God calls one preacher, the devil called ten more to go with him. And he's not preaching the gospel. Amen. Anything taught in the Bible... And uh, thumping the, the Bible and stomping around and hollering. That's not a preacher. Always. You with me? Some of them look like a preacher, smell like a preacher, act like a preacher, but they ain't a preacher. The ones that everybody likes is those who are handsome and debonair and, and a sweetie plum, you know, and patting the uh, ladies on the back and, and kissing the baby's hands and all that stuff. And they got the big churches. And they got everything going and everybody likes them. But the poor old preacher like John the Baptist, he's not highly respected anymore. Amen! Already heard this twice, but there's a couple of ladies in this church and I'm going to tell you, you already told it to four or five people in front of me. So I don't mind. I said, I like to hear the preacher down at the torch. I said, do what? I like to hear the preacher down at the torch. I said, Lord have mercy. I come home that day. I've heard it twice. I come home that day and I wept for about three hours. Why? Well, 
I'm getting to be an old man. One day I'm going to kick the bucket. I won't be gone dead long till you'll be getting somebody like that around here. Did you know that fella believes in women preachers? Did you know that fella down there believes in falling from grace? Did you know that fella down there uh, don't preach out of the King James Bible? Do you know today, brother, he just got, he goes along with the waves. And that's what you want. I don't listen to that trash. He said, preacher, you just hung on yourself. No, I'm not hung on myself. I'm here to tell you, if I'm going to listen to somebody else preach, I don't want to listen to them preach out of something I don't preach out of. I don't want them to preach and fall in from grace that you can lose your salvation. If I believed that I could lose my salvation, I'd find my place somewhere else where they teach that. Amen. 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 Somebody, I won't, wouldn't, wouldn't preach that. That's the reason you're preaching, not preaching this morning. Amen. I look at these things. I'll tell you what most preachers are looking for today. You know what it is? They're looking for a pulpit. Yeah, right. They're looking for a parsonage. Yeah, right. They're looking for a paycheck. Yeah. They're looking for a pension. Yeah. They're looking for popularity. Yeah, right. They're not looking to preach. Because right, right. most of them couldn't preach their way out of a paper sack. <laughs> Soaked. In water for two days. You hear me? So preach that's kind of tough. I know it's tough. It's time to get tough. The world's going to hell. I heard on the radio this morning that somebody saw they went on a little mission trip, went over toward Africa, and they'd had like seventeen or eighteen people got saved in one meeting over there. And I said, yeah, in America, you can't get one to get the attention of God, much less get them saved. But in, in Africa, they want to hear the truth. Amen. Nobody wants to preach. You know, they want, you know what they want? They want to hear them honey-dip sermons. They want to hear them chocolate-coated sermons. They want to hear them sugar-sprinkle sermons. They want to hear them soft-salt sermons. They want to hear them compromise sermons. Pat me on the back. Tell me how good I am. Amen. Give me something when I go to the house of God so I can come out thanking God for what I got. And then when they get to looking, they can't find nothing. Amen. Well, let's just look at something. Let's just look at something. I believe in America, we're sacrificing our children. I believe we're, salt, we're sacrificing them for our own feelings. Yeah. I've seen a sign. I went to uh, get me a biscuit this morning. They had the television on up there. I don't have all that stuff. There's demonstrating because of this Roe versus Wade. I think it was in Athens, Georgia. I believe that's where I've seen this. I mean, seen it on TV, but it's in Athens where they're doing that. And some woman had a sign up there and said, They've taken away the rights of the woman. And I thought to myself, You Jezebel, 
Do you not know that you don't have a right to fornicate and turn around and kill a child from the Word of God? All they want to do is get pregnant, get rid of the youngin, get pregnant, get rid of the youngin, get pregnant, and get rid of the... Hey, one of these days, hell's going to be hot! And judgment's going to be sure. Somebody said, Preacher, I ain't coming back to hear you. That's all right. I've had a lot getting that thing. But when you leave and get mad, and you know what happens when they do that, don't you? I've been preaching for a long time, ladies and gentlemen. Can I just bear the record? I'm not going to hold back any secrets. I've had them to leave because they didn't like what I preached. And then they stay gone and they see one of you church members and They'll say, you know, I've been gone three weeks and I ain't heard a call from the preacher. He ain't come by to see me. Well, the last time you left me, you was in bad shape. You didn't like me. You wasn't inviting me for breakfast or for dinner. You left me, I didn't leave you. And you was on bad terms with the preacher. So you think I'm going to stick my head out and get it shot off? I've tried that a few times. I went to see him, and they said, It's about time you came around. I thought you was a Christian. <laughs> I've had that. I don't fool with them. You get mad and leave me. We'll start over. I've done it a few times. Now, you folks, and I'm not trying my best to get anybody mad at me or nothing. I don't have to do that. It just happens. But I'm trying to tell you this morning, I'm trying to tell you I love you, and that's why I tell you the truth. Amen. Here's a little boy. He's 10 years old. He's sitting there in front of a hot fire. Big old wooden stove sitting there. And I mean, it's a boiling hot. And that boy's a feeling of it. And he's thinking about touching it. And you know he's thinking about it. And you're a good daddy and a good mom, and you go say, Son, don't you touch that heater. It'll hurt you. And you didn't tell him. He decides, I'll touch it. And you're going to feel bad because you didn't tell him. That's right. But if he touches it after you told him, and you, he grabs it, oh, I told you, son, it's going to burn. <laughs> Amen? Amen? And so I'm here. I'm a told you so business preacher. You said, I don't like you getting in my business. Said, God put me in your business. Amen. He said, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. So he said in verse 25, there is a conspiracy. A conspiracy, I said a while ago, is a scheme, a plan, a trick. A lot of preachers are trying to trick their congregation to try to do something for them. They're looking for the limelight. They're looking for what they can get out of it. I'm not looking for what I can get out of preaching here at this church. Amen. I got ties on the other side. And on top of that, I'm closer to the other side than I am down here. I have no name to make in, in this world. But I've got a name on the other side. 
And brother, I want to finish doing right. I want to finish being busy. Amen. The Lord called me to preach. He touched me to preach. He gave me a desire to preach. He gave me a heart to preach. And I'm going to give it the best I got till I get there. Amen. You can rest assured for you folks that don't like it. I will get out of your hair. <laughs> Time will take care of that. You can get you a verse of scripture called Matthew 24, 13. It'll help you right now. He that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. I was talking about my preaching when I leave. I mean, I'll be leaving. Now, some people believe that it's what you're doing now, holding on to you. But that's not. That's talking about the tribulation hour. And people take that out of context. But we're seeing this. I've watched in our pulpits that these preachers who have got a conspiracy in the midst thereof, they're like a roaring lion. You know what a roaring lion is? He's one who's making a big tidal wave. He's making a big sound. He's all racket nothing else. Somebody said, well, you make a lot of racket. That's right. I'm following another verse of Scripture. It says, lift up, amen, your voice. Cry loud and spare not. Amen. That's what I'm doing. But we got some of the others. Oh, come on. You know what they're doing? Hey! You know what they're preaching? They're preaching a prosperity gospel. You do good. You do right. You do this and you do that. And I guarantee you God will fill your baskets and heap them up and run them over. You can drive three or four new cars and a new house and a boat and all that stuff. But send me $10 every once in a while. A prosperity gospel. We got people will tell you that they got to be right with God because they've got all this other stuff. No, I tell you what, they're in debt. They won't tell you. Every credit card they got got maxed out. Amen. They get paid for two weeks, they wouldn't have nothing to do. Have average church member today, if they didn't get a paycheck in two weeks. It'd be a foul bankruptcy. I didn't think I'd get many amens on that. You said, don't you live paycheck to paycheck? Sure do. But it's his pay, not mine. I've never trusted churches to take care of me. They have. I've taken churches, didn't know what I was going to be getting when I went there. Sometimes I knew I wasn't going to get nothing. And I've gone anyhow. I'm in the ministry because God put me in the ministry. It's not my occupation. It ain't my profession. If it was, I'd kind of calm down a little bit what I'm saying. The first church I pastored, they had the boards up on the front and they put the, the attendance on the wall and when they took up the offering, the men went back and counted it, come up and put it up on the wall before I preached. They took up money in the Sunday school to pay for the bills and they'd pay the power bill off of that. Things like that. What we, what we owed, what much we owed. And what they put up on the wall up there is what they gave the pastor. 
And sometimes it'd be ten dollars. Sometimes it'd be fifteen. Never hardly ever went over fifteen dollars much. Back up in the Salty area, and I'm driving twenty-two miles one way just to preach to them. Didn't complain. I had a public job. God was taking care of me, and I went up there and I'd rear back and preach, just like as a, you know, biggest church in town. But this one particular morning, I got up and I said, "I'm not preaching for money." And for some reason, they had a a big offering, and I said, "Bless God, if I was preaching for money." I wouldn't wouldn't be counting on it here, because I can I can dig ditches and make what y'all give me here, and I wasn't I wasn't fussing at them. I just said it's not money, and I got outside. My wife said, "What are you going to do now, big boy?" I said, "What do you mean?" She said, "The offer was forty five dollars." First day I said that, I didn't even notice the board. Went up. So I'm not in the business of trying to get your paycheck to help me. I'm trusting God. He gives me a message. So we're preaching a prosperity gospel. Others are preaching a psychological gospel. They work on psychology. And uh, we got these preachers get that's a feel good gospel. I'm just saying these words. Oh, you got to feel good. Got to feel good. Amen. Strong preaching don't make you feel too good. Amen. Now, I'm not preaching a feel-good gospel, but if you're getting in there and let God take care of it, He'll make you feel good. Amen. Now, let's look at verse 25 again. There's a conspiracy of her prophets in the midst thereof. Like a, ro- a roaring lion. Ravening. That ravening means that they are hunting. They're hungry. I says to preacher preach and he got up one morning. He was on the radio. I was listening to him and he said, now folks, you need to take care of the man of God. My stove quit working this morning. I'm expecting a new stove put in. My wife wants this kind. You know what I'd done if I'd been there? I'd got up and walked out. Amen. Anyhow, he he give that ravening the prey. They have what? Ravening the prey means they've been looking at the prey to pick out somebody they can chew on, somebody they can take down. They have devoured souls. Hadn't devoured the body, but they devoured their souls. They have taken the treasure and precious things. They have made her Many widows in the midst thereof. They have not cared. Preachers, many of them don't care for the flock. They don't care for the people. They don't care for their souls. Amen. You said, preacher, the way you preach this morning, I ain't so sure you care for it. Oh, yeah, I do. A good, good parent tells all the dangers that their child can go through. Amen. Amen. They do. They'll warn them. Why do you think mothers and daddies take their children out of public school lots of times? They 
do that to teach them what they know they can teach them and get them the right things. That's right. Then they get talked about for that. And they don't fit in with the rest of the world. Seriously. What makes you think that men, women send their children to school, they don't tell them what they're doing. You see, they don't teach them the Word of God down there at the schoolhouse. They don't teach them the things of God down there at the schoolhouse. They tell them what they want them to hear and they're telling them things that they don't want them to tell you. You check that out. They tell them kids certain things and they expect them kids not to tell their parents. Because they know their parents will be down there on them. This critical race theory stuff has been going on for years. Brother, I'm so against that stuff. And I want to tell you, our public uh, educational system has ruined America. You ever studied how it got started? Go read and how it got started. It ought to make you not want to have anything to do with it. They did it to get to you at home. Amen. Now they've got to you at home. They teach things that I didn't even know about when I was at school. Amen. They didn't teach it then. Anybody can take... It's not too hard to tell a little child one plus one equals two. You ever seen them try to do that now at school? It takes a composition notebook to get the answer. Brother Dale, you couldn't handle it. I can't either. They go through all these ways of telling you. One plus one equals two. Well, not necessarily, they'll say. Then they begin to show you all this stuff. No wonder we're in a mess. Now God said the preachers were doing that to the congregations. I'm not going to get all this other. In case I'm going to ease your mind. Do you think I'm going to take as much time on the priest and the princes and the people? Ease your mind. I'm going to skip them. All that does is save me some more preaching. Preachers. One of the dangerous things in this world is a preacher that won't preach. I always tell them, there's two kinds of preachers that make me want to preach. You heard what I said, didn't you? Them that can, and them that can't. If they can, they stir me up and I want to help them. If they can't, I want to move them over to the side and try myself. We need some Holy Ghost preaching men who are filled with the power of God and the presence of God that will walk up and down the avenues and the hearts and the souls of men and women and boys and girls and begin to bring heaven down upon this earth that we can see ourselves as who we are. Amen. Get right with God. You with me? Don't have much of that anymore. If you're going to go and listen to preachers, go out and listen. Somebody's got some gumption about them. I can give you a list. 
You ask my brother. I have preaching at my house, don't I? Amen. It ain't me, is it? No. I hear a preacher. Miss Burl, that's Miss Burl. She listens to preachers and they preach all the, and they don't. Listen, you don't listen to preachers that uh, believes in losing their salvation, do you, Miss Burl? Amen. You know why? She believes like they believe. And like we believe. I go by my Bible. I don't care how much they thump and walk. These little preachers are How you doing today? She'll get better than she does today. You know, oh, you look good. <laughs> I see them come in the restaurants. Make you sick sometimes. Yeah. I've introduced myself to many of these same preachers. And I see them again three months later. I know them. But they don't know me. Either don't want to know me once. And I'm saying, now here I am. There's Pastor So and so church over yonder. I, I saw him three months ago and oh, me and him had a little conversation. I'm sure he's going to come to my table and say, Hello, Brother Dills. And so he heads away, comes over there and he says, How are you today? Don't even know me. You understand what I'm saying? I like them men. I may not know your name. I run across some, some I don't know their name, but I know I know them. And if I know I know them, I'll look at somebody said, you don't remember me, do you? And I'll say, no, help me out with that. Or I'll say, I remember your face, but I can't put a name with it. Can you tell me? Nothing wrong with that. Or if I know them, I walk up to and I walked up to them and I said, Hey brother, how you doing? I call them by their name and they look at me like, Am I supposed to know you? <laughs> Amen. And we got preachers going to pulpit. Preaching in our church. Listen, I know about every pastor in this country. Uh, I'm talking about the Baptists now. I don't know nothing about these others. Uh, the others, I know some of them. But I know just about all. If I don't, I know who the pastor is. Sometimes I've never met them. But I can tell you pretty close what their name is. I've heard them. Amen. I was in the restaurant the other day. And somebody come out and said something about their church, and I said, "Yeah, I know, I know him." Uh, and it said, "My pastor's," and he called his name, and I said, "Yeah, I know him. He used to drive a school bus." So he's in another room, and I got through, and I went in there and shook hands with him. And I said, "Hey, brother, you remember me?" And he said, yeah, I remember you. And I'm saying, you're lying like a dog because your wife came in there a while ago and I told her that I knew her husband because he used to ride my school bus. She said, oh, I'll have to tell him. And that's what she done. She went right back and told him. Amen. And I've talked to him I don't know how many times since he's been pastor there. 
saying the prophets, the preachers, are doing us dirty. They're doing us in. I would to God that preachers would come through, rear back and let her fly like they never have before and tell her, listen, it'd make my jo job a lot easier if it was a preaching the same stuff I'm preaching. Somebody said, I ain't coming back here. I'm going down yonder where they preach this stuff and pay. Go ahead. But you know what? I pray when you get down there, God will cut loose on him one morning. He can't help himself. And next thing you know, he's, he's doing like a fella speaking in tongues. He's out there going blah, 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 blah. And he don't even know what he's saying. And I'm not talking about tongues that you can't understand. But he's reared back and he's going at it. And they said, I just got away from that. <laughs> Preachers preaching the same word. They ought to be preaching the same things. Bow your head, close your eyes.